Greetings, podcast universe. This is Gary Stern. And this is Lucy Sang. We are the co-hosts of After the Glory podcast. Every elite athlete has one thing in common. Their careers on the field of play will only be a tiny fraction of the life of meaning and purpose they hope to live. As UCLA alums from different generations, Gary and I have discovered that the stories of these great athletes go far beyond their statistics. It is our pleasure to share these stories with our listeners. We hope you will enjoy this latest episode of After the Glory. As we come to the end of season two of After the Glory, Lucy and I are pleased to welcome Mr. Andy Hill to our podcast. In many ways, Andy's story highlights the themes of our show, but in ways that might not be readily apparent. Andy Hill was most definitely an elite athlete. He was all city in basketball in the 1960s, one of the best guards in the nation. His dream was to play for coach John Wooden at UCLA, and to his great delight, UCLA offered him a scholarship. Starting in 1969, Andy excelled on the Bruins' freshman team and could not wait to join the varsity, as by then the Bruins were a basketball powerhouse in the midst of their 10 national championships in 12 years. But then Andy Hill moved up to the varsity and became a student of Coach Wooden, but he did not become one of Coach's go-to players. For the next three years, Andy Hill sat on the bench, rarely playing. He left UCLA bitter and having had more than his share of run-ins with the legendary coach. Over the next 25 years, Andy Hill became a respected and successful television executive. It was not until the late 1990s that Andy came to realize that his success was due to all that he had learned from Coach Wooden and his fabled pyramid of success. And so Andy reached out to Coach Wooden and came to realize that to Coach Wooden, he was as valued a student as any of the legendary players of Bruin lore. By now close friends, in 2001, Andy wrote, Be Quick But Don't Hurry, Finding Success in the Teachings of a Lifetime. Andy Hill remained close to Coach Wooden until Coach passed at nearly age 100 in 2010. Yes, indeed, Andy Hill was an elite athlete who left the game less than satisfied until years later when he realized that for him, glory was not merely on the basketball court. Andy, it's uh, great to see you. Um, Lucy and I are thrilled to have you. And uh, uh, you have a, a story that I think resonates with our listeners when it comes to uh, after the glory issues. Uh, let's start at the beginning. You grew up in, in West LA um, and you were in love with UCLA from day one. Um, and as you talk about in your book, uh, be quick, but don't hurry, finding success in the teachings of a lifetime, which by the way, 20 years uh, is the anniversary this year of uh, the publication of your book. Hard um, to believe. Tell us about the, that the growing up in West LA, playing basketball, and becoming an elite player because it's not what you would normally expect, certainly not nowadays. Uh, talk a little about those early days. Well, yeah, they were unique in that way, Gary. And of course, you're never really aware of it until you look back on it. It seems normal because it's your life. But I, as you say, I went to, I grew up in West LA, uh, went to grammar school, junior high school, and then high school at University High School, which is university because of its proximity to the university. Uh, my aunt worked in the engineering department. So I started going up to campus and, you know, sat on the, sat on the sidewalk for the homecoming parade in, you know, 1957, 58, when there were 
no dorms and you could chase rabbits up above the sea in the stadium. And uh, I fell in love with a game of basketball. I was in a, in a way, Gary, I think blessed that at that same point in time, there was a guy by the name of Sandy Koufax who pitched for the Dodgers. I know you're a great Dodger fan. And to be fair, you know, in the, in the, in the realm that I was in, you know, the kids around me were all, you know, they were going to go to med school. They were going to become attorneys. But then there was this Koufax kid and it was like, wow, maybe a Jewish kid could be an athlete too. Cause he wasn't just an athlete, as you know, he was a dominant athlete. And so, you know, I did dream of someday maybe playing in college, but not really playing at UCLA. That seemed really far, far away. I really was in love and in love hard with the game. And so summer times, I literally never went to the beach. I took the bus down to the beach one time. I got down there, I got off, it rained. I got on the next bus, went back to the gym and spent, you know, the day playing and working on my game. You know, UCLA, I think maybe overestimated how good I might've been. You know, they're not always right. They thought I was really good. And uh, I went there and had a really good freshman season. I was co-most valuable player with Henry Bibby, uh, still a dear friend today. And then Henry went on to be an All-American and I sat on the bench for three years. And in an interesting way, you know, Lucy, I know this is a big focus of your work, focusing on people with who are having transitions. My transition was when I was 19 and 20. Mm. And, and, and by the way, it doesn't make it any easier. It, it makes it really, really painful because those are really transitional years on so many levels. And, uh, but I went through that pain that also sort of didn't give me the opportunity to recognize just how lucky I was to be part of the greatest dynasty in the history of sports, playing for the greatest coach in the history of sports. Uh, but it did come clear to me over time, and I got very, very lucky to reconnect with coach and you know, the rest of it is really what's all in the book that uh, it was kind of like a fairy tale. Wow, Andy, I I would just want to ask the question that I have asked so many of our guests. Um, why basketball? As a fellow lover of basketball, tell me what about the game is is what you fell in love with. The action, the teamwork. I loved, and by the way, I do think it's part of what has changed over time. The idea of being part of a team was so attractive. It also helped that when I was... 13 years old, which is when you really kind of start to fall in love for the first time anyhow, I think. Before then, it's kind of doing what the other kids are doing. Uh, well, that was 1963. And, uh, you know, John Wooden was coaching in Westwood, and he had this scrappy little team with nobody over six foot five who went 30-0 and and won the national championship. Playing guys like Gail Goodrich, who kind of looked like me, and they had a forward named Jack Hirsch, who was a Jewish kid. And all of a sudden, you know, it was sort of like, wow, could I be a part of that? It was uh, multiracial, it was fast, it was sort of everything I sort of hoped, you know, we, we could be. It was, it was just a sight to see. And let me, let me that's when I fell. Let me ask you about that, Andy, because becoming an elite athlete, and, and there's 
Darn it, there's no question you were an elite athlete. Uh, in the book, you refer to the fact that people called you the right-handed Gail Goodrich because you could shoot like nobody's business. How do you become elite? Did you give up a lot of stuff in life? Did you did you slough off on academics to just practice shooting nonstop? Um, what do you believe led you to become elite beyond the God-given ability? Well, I would say the God-given ability, honestly, was where I came up short. But, uh, you know, I, I just spent the, you know, every free moment I had working on my game. I didn't slough off on my academics. I wasn't an overachiever, that's for sure. I got reminded of my potential far too often. But, you know, that's one of those blessing curses that you have. You know, I sort of thought it was fun when they gave us half a day to take an IQ test and didn't realize they'd come back and bite me with that stuff. But uh, I just loved the game. I had a great coach in high school who, interestingly enough, played for John Wooden in the early 50s, Courtney Borio. And so, in a sense, having played in high school for Courtney Borio as a freshman for Gary Cunningham, who also played for Coach Wooden, I really only played for Coach Wooden. It was the only way of looking at basketball that I was ever really heavily exposed to. Wow, was I lucky, because it really is the distillation of all that's best in coaching, teaching, and leadership. I, I know that our listeners are going to really want to hear about that rare circumstance where the elite athlete, Andy Hill, didn't get a chance to demonstrate that elite talent at the time when he wanted to the most. Let's go into that after this. Since 1980, Woodland Hills lawyer Gary Stern has been known as a lawyer's lawyer, passionate about his clients and equally passionate about bringing honor, dignity, and respect to the legal profession. Gary Stern represents folks seriously injured because of healthcare negligence, defective and dangerous products and property, neglect in long-term care facilities, and careless operation of cars and trucks. He has successfully resolved hundreds of cases for his clients, providing them with the financial help they needed during trying times. Gary Stern is a member of the prestigious National Trial Lawyers Top 100, active with consumer attorneys of Los Angeles and California, and is admitted to the bar of the Supreme Court of the United States. And most important, I am proud to call him dad. You can reach Gary Stern at 818 810-2717 or visit his website at www.sternlaw.org Thinking about a new or used car? Think Infinity of Thousand Oaks. We've been serving Thousand Oaks in Southern California for years. We have new, used, and certified pre-owned Infinity vehicles available now with many special offers. There's something for everyone at Infinity of Thousand Oaks, your home for the best deals on Infinity cars. With the COVID pandemic, we offer contactless sales. Call our office at 805-262-7442 or visit Infinity of Thousand Oaks. Pick out a vehicle and we'll deliver it to your home or office with all the paperwork done with the power of the internet. Our award-winning sales and service team is waiting to give you the best service in buying a vehicle you've ever had. Call us today at 805-262-7442 and make an appointment for your new 2021 Infinity. Or visit our website at infinityofthousandoaks.com. Infinity of Thousand Oaks is a proud sponsor of After the Glory. Andy, let me uh, pick up where we left off. Uh, uh, and I, I want to ask it this way. 
What would the Andy Hill today want to say to the Andy Hill as a UCLA student in his sophomore, junior, and senior years, knowing he had talent, but he wasn't in Coach Wooden's seven-player rotation uh, and was upset about it and worried that maybe his political views were being looked uh, down upon by Coach Wooden. What would the Andy Hill today to say to that young man? Work harder. Appreciate where you are. Be ready. And, 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 and here's the really hard part. You know, Gary, I've spoken to a lot of sports teams. And, and the one thing I do is I talk to the people about the toughest job on a sports team, which is being one of the men or women who don't play. Because the truth of it is that you have to believe you should be playing. If you don't, you are no use to the team. If you're sitting there going, I hope they don't put me in. Well, guess what? When they put you in, it's not going to go very well. And so that cycle of getting yourself up to play and then being disappointed that you don't, and then, you know, like I say in the book, having your relatives on the East Coast who stayed up to watch the game remind you that you didn't get into the very end like you didn't remember. Uh, you know, it was in a certain way at that point in my life, humiliating. Looking back on it with some perspective, I was on the greatest team ever. How could I for one second, be that upset, that depressed. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you an interesting story uh, about Coach. You know, uh, one of the first times we really sat down in his den and I was still nervous about the process. And he had this wonderful desk that you can see at the UCLA Sports Hall of Fame. The only problem is they cleaned it up. It was a mess. <laughs> Yet he knew where everything was. And he reached into one of these little cubby holes and he pulled out this note card he had for a leadership speech that he had given. The third thing on the list was you really have to go out of your way to, to pat the back of the people who aren't getting the playing time because the other people are in the spotlight. They're getting fed all the time. But these other people, you really need to, to do that. And I took, took a big deep breath because this is like the third time I've been to see him and it's like one big happy family and isn't this lovely and isn't this nice? And I thought, you know, the good Andy was saying, just be quiet. And the bad Andy was saying, no, no, you got to tell him. Well, the bad Andy won and I said, you know, coach, uh, I can hear it in your voice that that's what you meant to do, but you didn't do that. You know, we were starved for your reinforcement and attention and you were so locked into these other guys that we didn't hear it. And in that moment, Coach took a deep breath and he said, well, if that, that's right. He said, I'm really sorry. I wish I'd done better. And as the child of a alcoholic father who never said he's sorry, it hit me like a freight train. And in that moment that he apologized, it was just so easy to let everything go it just it just disappeared and the really interesting piece that I discovered actually like years later sitting once again in his den spending hours with him what a treat that was and he told me a story you know the legend of John Wooden that I sort of knew was that he was an all-state player every year in high school certainly was a legend he was like you know Michael Jordan for his time but the truth of it is that while he was all state his last two years, in fact, his sophomore year, coach didn't start. He was a sixth man. 
And at one point, he got so mad at the coach. Now, Lucy, you might not might want to close your ears. It's a little bit much for you. <laughs> he stripped down to his jock strap. This is John Wooden telling me this story. And stormed out of the gym because he felt he should be starting. And he finished that story. And I said, Coach, I said, now I finally get it. It wasn't that you didn't know how much it hurt to not play. You did, and you just couldn't handle it. You know, he was very capable, and I think people need to be in leadership positions. He was capable of compartmentalizing. And I think he probably over-compartmentalized. And when I brought it to his attention, his willingness to own it was so stunning to me. It really, I think that's, that's the moment where I knew actually this was a relationship that could really go somewhere. And it did. Andy, you bring up two topics that I speak with athletes, particularly student athletes, about all the time. The first thing is discipline, right? The the managing your emotions, going through the grind of things, because there is no return on investment unless you grind. And, and then building a sense of perspective. Of course, that doesn't come as a 19, 20-year-old that easily. And usually decades later, it's still hard to have perspective on the challenges and adversities that we face in life. Andy, tell us what the reconnection with Coach was like. Why did you choose to pursue reconnecting with Coach? Well, that was not a comfortable phone call. What, what, what became powerfully clear to me, unavoidably clear, stunningly clear, was that the success that I had had in leading a creative process that when you, you know, got up to 35,000 feet, you realize basketball and producing entertainment was not that different. You were trying to get talented people because you weren't going to get anywhere unless you hired talented people. And by the way, talented people are always more difficult people. And they always want to do it by themselves when your challenge is to get them to work together. Does that start to sound like you're coaching basketball or running a TV studio? It's the same thing. And over time, I mean, once again, as you know from reading my book, I'm kind of the butt of the joke. I mean, what took me so long to figure this out? But as it became very clear to me, and it all sort of crystallized, uh, you know, out in a local golf course, the 16th hole at uh, Encino Golf Course, when a guy sort of channeled me, you know, get your balance and, uh, you know, slow down. And in that moment, I realized I had to coach, I had to call coach no matter how uncomfortable it was. When we come back on After the Glory with Andy Hill, my co-host Gary Stern, and this is Lucy Singh, we'll ask Andy to tell us about all of the successes off the basketball court on After the Glory. Have you ever wanted to experience the thrill of playing spring training baseball with some of the game's legends? At LADABC, we believe you should be able to live your dream of being a pro baseball player, and now you can. The LADABC Adult Baseball Camp is an independently owned and operated fantasy camp for men and women over the age of 30. As an independent camp, you can be a fan of any team from any city and you'll feel right at home with us. Our next camp is scheduled for November 7th through the 13th, 2021, and will be held at the historic Dodgertown Complex in Vero Beach, Florida, now known as the Jackie Robinson Training Complex. 
You'll play ball all week long on the best practice fields in the nation. You'll enjoy use of state-of-the-art facilities, and you'll be pampered and cared for just like a major leaguer. We invite you to visit our website and sign up for our November 2021 camp. Just go to www.ladabc.com. That's ladabc.com. University Credit Union has been providing a financial edge to members for over 70 years. Now you can earn more with University Credit Union. Earn up to 5% APY with a university checking account for the banking that you already do. You'll save more when you switch your deposits and loans to University Credit Union. Bank with your brain. Visit ucu.org to join today. Federally insured by NCUA, terms and conditions apply. Back on After the Glory, this is Lucy Sang with my co-host Gary Stern and our special guest Andy Hill of UCLA. And I'll, everyone knows we are proud Bruins here on this podcast. Andy, tell us about what your life off the basketball court has led to. Well, I, I was very fortunate that uh, after I got out of school, I, I did a lot of different things. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people sort of hope that there's going to be this very clear path, exactly what you want to do. But I bumped around a little bit. I, I, I coached basketball at the junior college level as an assistant for four years, uh, came very close to I also played basketball in Israel for a year. I, 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 I came back, I worked for a couple of college professors who had overseen my masters running a research company and then sort of backed into the entertainment business. My older brother who unfortunately passed a few years ago, but he, we were polar opposites. We were totally different people. He was in the entertainment business and thought I should get in it too, which was not an inducement, but was sort of, you gotta be kidding me. But I did, I, I did ultimately fall in love with this idea. Uh, take yourself back to, you know, the, the, the 1990s, uh, 1980s. There, there was a business called the Movie of the Week business where there were actually 150 to 200 movies a year being done by the three networks. And by the way, there were only three networks. That was it. There was no Fox. You know, it's hard to even imagine today how concentrated the media market was. And the idea of producing a movie of the week just sounded really exciting to me. And I put together a couple of treatments and made a list of people to call, not realizing, of course, that actually only an idiot would just pick up the phone and call people. Of course, what I've told young people a million times is, and this is straight John Wooden, you know, most people would never pick up the phone and call any of the people they think they'd like to meet. Wouldn't occur to them. When the truth of it is they don't do it because it would feel bad that no one called back. Well, the truth of it is it feels a lot worse to never try and always wonder. You know, it's like I went to UCLA. I found out I wasn't good enough to play there. But if I hadn't gone there, I would have spent the rest of my life wondering. And I didn't have to worry about that. I found out. I found out the hard way, but I found out and actually answers are better than unknowing. And what I found was, and then this, I was lucky, you know, beyond the glory, I felt like I was still waiting for my glory. Uh, you know, I was still very driven in the way that I think a lot of athletes were. And I think it was a great advantage, actually, Lucy, that to, to realize that because the truth of it is athletes, 
have the challenge when they make that transition, those who have been successful, they have to try and find something else they like in the same way that they like playing ball. Because the truth of it is playing ball is like, it's not work, it's fun. I love it. And, and, and the people who are really good actually fall in love with the painful process of getting better. That's the key to being great is you got to fall in love with the pain of the process. If you don't, you don't get there. And, you know, of course, as I got into the business, uh, after the fact, I found out that so many of the things that Coach had taught me ended up being the reason why I succeeded. Uh, for starters, uh, be quick, but don't hurry. Call people back fast, right? <laughs> Nobody does. Well, uh, when you're trying to get projects going, Always be the one you, we found this out, Gary, when you and I tried to set this up. We didn't take much time, did we? No, not at all. Some people could take two weeks to set up. A, how did it take us? 15 minutes? We were done. There you well, go. I, I, that's how Coach taught me to do business, right? Tell us, because uh, I know you're a modest guy, CBS Productions, you were the head yes. and you were responsible for some pretty successful shows. Just give us a list of four or five of the great shows uh, of hey, television hey. history. Let me say this, because like coach, I'd like to think I helped. I had very, very proficient people doing these shows who deserve all the credit. My job, and I did it well, was to pick the talent, because that's really, as an executive, your biggest choice. But I, I did Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, Touched by an Angel, Walker, Texas Ranger, Caroline in the City, Days World, Rescue 911, you know, tens of hours of movies and miniseries and am very proud of the shows I did. I mean, you know, I think in some way I, it was very, very odd because the first time I sat down with Coach Wooden, you know, one of the reasons I thought this might go okay was that the rap on my shows at CBS was that the demographics were old. Well, Coach was old. <laughs> so I thought, hey, he fits right into my demo. And the truth of it is, he loved those shows. Uh, those were his shows. And in fact, I'll tell you a sweet story about Coach near the end of his life. We were sitting at Vips having breakfast. And I, you know, I said, is there anything you want to see out there? Any movies? He said, oh, yeah, I want to see this movie, uh, Apple. Apple. It was an Ed Harris movie. I can't even remember the name of it. Appaloosa, I think. And, and it so happened that I knew a fellow who knew it. And I said, well, you know, how would you like it if I set up a screening for you? He said, really? Why would anybody do that? You know, Coach was so humble that at times it seemed like he was just out of it. I said, well, let me find out, right? So it turns out Ed Harris is like blown away, so excited. Ed, we, so we get to this big screening room with Coach and his daughter Nan, and he's like, you know, wow, this is like Hollywood. And just before the movie's about to start, Ed Harris walks in to inform us that it is his 25th wedding anniversary that day, and his present was that he got to come and sit with Coach to watch the movie. Wow! Yeah. Andy, I want to spend our last moments talking about the book because it is structured in such an incredibly uh, accessible way for our readers. I know the book I know the book is available at Amazon um, still. This is the 20th anniversary of its publication. Uh, let's talk about the secrets. Some of the ones that you mentioned already, some of the ones that 
all learned from Coach Wooden, and uh, I think our listeners will be very interested in the secrets from Coach Wooden that led to an incredible life of uh, accomplishment for Andy Hill. Well, uh, you know, obviously you got to start with the first one. Let me take a break and then we'll come back. Hey, this is Lucy Sang here from Resiliency. I am a certified life coach focused on working with athletes and like-minded people in finding and pursuing success in life outside of sports. My goals are to serve as an accountability partner and offer different perspectives while my clients are facing big challenges and decisions. I also lead workshops and offer group coaching on topics such as avoiding burnout or transferable skills. Follow me on Instagram at resiliency, R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-T-S-E-E, underscore coaching, resiliency underscore coaching, for more information. As a co-host of After the Glory, I am excited to share my expertise in working with athletes and look forward to connecting with all you listeners to learn more of your stories as well. Be quick, but don't hurry. Finding success in the teachings of a lifetime. 20 years ago this year, published by Andy Hill with John Wooden. And what Andy discovered when he came back into the coach's life some 25 years after graduation was that the secrets that led to his success at CBS Productions, um, and they're laid out in the book, and they include some of the great quotes from Coach Wooden, such as, be quick, but don't hurry. But there are others. Andy, tell us a couple of the other secrets that you learned through Coach, through the Pyramid of Success, that led to the success that you had in business and in entertainment? Well, I do think overall, and this is one of the secrets, is Coach understood that the true genius of leadership is the ability to simplify, not to complicate, to really refine what you're doing realize that there are only 24 hours a day and you can't be working the entire time and choose what you're going to focus on and then trust that that is going to get you to the top. It requires tremendous amount of repetition, 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 to really master fundamentals, which are true in every business. Certainly that focus on uh, understanding that it takes talent to win. You know, there are coaches out there that kind of have the attitude, you know, keep it close and coach will think of something at the end. Coach never said that. You know, it's it, coach's thing was, no, it's on you. <laughs> you know, once the game started, he was sitting down with his rolled up program, razzing the refs. But once you understood that, truly understood that your big decisions as a leader, by far your biggest decisions are who are going to be your key players. And to do that, you have to have a very clear sense of what you're looking for. I did a lot of executive coaching at Fox Studios when it still existed. And uh, what I'd hear is a refrain over and over again because I would really push executives to uh, cut people from their teams who weren't high performers. People hate to do it, but as a leader, it, you really have to. And it's painful, but you got that's your job. You gotta cut them. But then when they'd cut them, I'd say, well, okay, well, what are you looking for in the person that you're replacing? 
And the answer invariably was oh, the best person I could find. To which I would invariably respond, could you be a little more vague? Because I don't know what that leads me to. Can you be specific about what you want? Well, Coach was specific. He wanted kids from winning programs. Everybody who played for Coach Wooden came from a program where they won. Why? Because Coach never talked about winning. He only wanted guys who wanted to win. You know, there are plenty of guys who want to showcase. They want to look good. They want to know whether the girls saw them in their, you know, in their warm-ups. But, you know, winning, well, yeah, I was a – no, no. He wanted guys who really wanted to win. So he never had to talk about it because he didn't. He never talked about winning. And then also just this idea of having some balance in your life because, in truth, as Lucy was talking about earlier, you're going to get knocked down. This is not a rocket ship to the top, which if you're a five-star recruit until you're 20 years of age, you think, wow, people are all here to help me. And then when you get over that, all of a sudden you think, nobody's here to help me. Well, the truth of it is, you know, well, listen, there aren't that many people here to help you. And when you find one, reach out and make sure they stay your mentor because mentors don't find you, you find them. And, and, and so I think, obviously, uh, I can go on and on and, you know, I could, I could bore you for another three hours about John Wooden, but to say it in a very concise way, John Wooden had a system of organization and leadership that was teachable, that was repeatable, and that worked over time. Because at the end of the day, when you look at the conversion from sports to the business world, sports tends to, hey, you won a championship three years ago, you can cruise. You had a good year in business three years ago and you had two more bad, really awful years. You know what you are? You're out of work. You know, you, you, you have to be able to build over time. And, and no one has ever done that like Coach Wooden. And, and it isn't just a coincidence. Obviously, he was gifted and smart. And in his own Midwestern way, we all wanted to please him. But uh, it was who he was as a man, as a leader, and as uh, watching him walk through this undignified life with such dignity uh, that he really inspired a whole generation of kids who are now like me, old men. <laughs> Andy, let me say this for the record. This is absolutely not a bore. And anyone who's ever received an email from me sees in my email signature, never let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. As we wrap up this episode, Andy, tell us what your reflection on that quote is, particularly as an athlete pursues life after the glory days of sports. I did see it in your little letter there, Lucy, and I thought, wow, how nice of you to put that in for me. Now I'm really impressed you do it <laughs> You do it for everybody. It really comes back to, I think, this central premise, and we haven't hit anything like this, so uh, I hope I don't run over on you here, but this is important. John Wooden was the happiest man I ever met. He was truly fulfilled, and he was fulfilled because he focused on what he could control and he defined his happiness on how he helped others and not his personal success. And I think that what, regardless of what you're in, regardless of what business or sport you're pursuing, 
if you can focus on the piece that you control, which is your effort, your attitude, your preparation, and show up with a sense of excitement and enthusiasm, that if you can do that and stay with it and be persistent and have the patience and faith that ultimately your talent will be recognized because at the end of the day, people in leadership are dependent on finding talented, hardworking team players. Every organization needs those. And people who've learned how to do that through sports need to understand that when you leave that sporting world, it doesn't matter if you were all conference. What matters, and this references you too, because I used to speak to Ms. Fowles' gymnastics team, is that when you go speak to an employer, what will impress them is that you tore your ACL your junior year, rehabbed the whole year by yourself, and then came back and were all, then all conference means something. Wow, this is a tough kid. And so oftentimes it's how we respond to adversity that defines us more than anything else. The book is Be Quick, But Don't Hurry, Finding Success in the Teachings of a Lifetime. The author is Andy Hill. The book is available on Amazon. It is a 20 year old book that was written as if it was today. It has just as much to say to all of us today as it did 20 years ago. Andy, it's been a pleasure. And uh, until next time on After the Glory, thank you for listening. Thank you, thank you. Thank you.